No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we consider the domino effect as we see what happens when everyone does what is right in his own eyes and things go from bad to worse. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Judges chapter 17 on Simply the Bible. When I was a child, I liked to play with dominoes. I would stand them up next to each other on the kitchen floor, forming curves and lines as they stood like little erect soldiers. Then I'd knock the first one down and watch them all fall. We're all familiar with the domino effect. But what happens when instead of dominoes, we're dealing with bad decisions? One bad decision leads to another that's worse than the previous one. That's the kind of domino effect that nobody wants. But that is exactly what was happening in Israel as the people abandoned the law of God to do whatever was right in their own eyes. Now, the events in chapters 17 through 21 of Judges took place earlier in the period, probably before the 40-year rule of the Philistines when Samson judged Israel. The writer put these events here as an appendix to the book to show how wicked the people had become. We pick it up in Judges chapter 17. Now, there was a man from the mountains of Ephraim whose name was Micah. And he said to his mother, the 1,100 shekels of silver that were taken from you and on which you put a curse, even saying it in my ears, here is the silver with me, I took. And his mother said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my son. The story begins with a man stealing 1,100 shekels of silver from his mother. That would be worth about $9,000 at today's silver prices. Now, when the mom discovered she'd been ripped off, she cursed the thief. But when she found out that it was her son that did it, she blessed him. Only a mother could do that. The truth was, Micah was a spoiled mama's boy. So when he had returned the 1,100 shekels of silver to his mother, his mother said, I had wholly dedicated the silver from my hand to the Lord for my son to make a carved image and a molded image. Now, therefore, I will return it to you. Thus, he returned the silver to his mother. Then his mother took 200 shekels of silver and gave them to the silversmith, and he made it into a carved image and a molded image, and they were in the house of Micah. Now, how could she dedicate the silver to the Lord and then turn around and make a carved image when God expressly prohibited making any carved images? This action shows that people were no longer making decisions according to the word of God, but they were following the inclinations of their own hearts. It's not good when a mother leads her own son into idolatry. The silversmith took the 200 shekels and made two images, a carved idol and a molded idol. It seems that these were not to worship Baal, but to aid in the worship of Yahweh, but God did not want any carved or molded images representing him. 
because no physical object could ever represent God. Sadly, when people feel that they need some image to aid them in their worship, it's an indication that they have lost the consciousness of the Lord's presence. Verse 5, the man Micah had a shrine and made an ephod and household idols, and he consecrated one of his sons, who became his priest. In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Now one thing led to the next, the domino effect. If you have two images, then you must make a shrine to house them. And then Micah also made an ephod, which was the apron that the high priest wore. Then to the silver images, he added household idols known as teraphim. The only thing he lacked was a priest. So he made one of his sons a priest. It says that in those days there was no king in Israel. It's true that there was no human king, but Israel was a theocracy. The Lord was their king. Problem was, no one was obeying him. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. May I suggest that this is what will always happen when people stop believing in God and stop being subject to him as their king. The days in which everyone does what is right in his own eyes are upon us. There is no absolute standard of truth on which people agree. Where God is not feared and honored and his word is ignored, then people will always default to whatever they think is right. But the problem is that what is right in my eyes is wrong in your eyes and vice versa. And that is the condition of our culture today. Thus, the battle is on for truth. And truth is found only in Jesus Christ because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. But if our culture continues in this present truth decay, then it will continue to disintegrate as Israel did. Now, there was a young man from Bethlehem in Judah of the family of Judah. He was a Levite and was staying there. The man departed from the city of Bethlehem in Judah to stay wherever he could find a place. Then he came to the mountains of Ephraim, to the house of Micah as he journeyed. And Micah said to him, Where do you come from? So he said to him, I am a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah, and I am on my way to find a place to stay. Micah said to him, Dwell with me and be a father and a priest to me, and I will give you ten shekels of silver per year, a suit of clothes, and your sustenance. So the Levite went in. Then the Levite was content to dwell with the man, and the young man became like one of his sons to him. So Micah consecrated the Levite, and the young man became his priest and lived in the house of Micah. Then Micah said, Now I know that the Lord will be good to me, since I have a Levite as priest. Micah had enough knowledge of God's law to know that priests came from the tribe of Levi. Therefore, he was excited to get an honest-to-goodness Levite to be his own personal priest. In the next chapter, we discovered that the young man's name was Jonathan. But what a compromise this was. Only the sons of Aaron were to serve as priests, and only at the tabernacle, which was in Shiloh. But a man will compromise many things for money. 
Jesus warned us of hirelings who are more interested in fleecing the flock than in feeding the flock. Jonathan was certainly a hireling who did and said whatever people wanted in order to get the paycheck. Micah ignored God's instructions concerning worship and the priesthood, yet he thought that the Lord would bless him because he had a Levite as a priest. Actually, he had formed his own false religion, but it would all be soon taken away from him. Chapter 18. In those days there was no king in Israel. And in those days, the tribe of the Danites was seeking an inheritance for itself to dwell in. For until that day, their inheritance among the tribes of Israel had not fallen to them. So the children of Dan sent five men of their family from their territory, men of valor, from Zorah and Eshtael, to spy out the land and search it. They said to them, Go search the land. Now Dan had an inheritance between Ephraim and Judah on the Mediterranean coast, but that wasn't good enough for them. There were Philistines in the land that they hadn't driven out, so they sought out greener and easier pastures in which to dwell. Five men of valor came from the cities of Zorah and Eshtael. These were on the border of Judah and Dan, west of Jerusalem, the area where Samson had lived. These men headed up north to spy out the land for themselves. So they went to the mountains of Ephraim, to the house of Micah, and lodged there. While they were at the house of Micah, they recognized the voice of the young Levite. They turned aside and said to him, Who brought you here? What are you doing in this place? What do you have here? He said to them, Thus and so Micah did for me. He has hired me, and I have become his priest. So they said to him, Please inquire of God, that we may know whether the journey on which we go will be prosperous. And the priest said to them, Go in peace. The presence of the Lord be with you on your way. The Levite was from Bethlehem, which was close to the cities from which the Danites came. Evidently, either they knew the young man personally, or else they knew by his dialect that he was from their region, because they recognized his voice. Now, it is interesting that they wanted the Levite to inquire of the Lord for them rather than going to Shiloh, which was also in the territory of Ephraim. Now, why did they do this? Perhaps because they were seeking land other than what God had given them. And they didn't want to hear what the priest at the tabernacle would tell them. Now, did the Levite have any authority to tell them, go in peace, the Lord's presence be with you? No. He didn't have the Urim and the Thummim, which were the appointed means to inquire of God. As I said, the Levite was a hireling and forerunner of the false prophets in Jeremiah's day who would tell the people, peace, peace, when there was no peace. So the five men departed and went to Laish. They saw the people who were there, how they dwelt safely in the manner of the Sidonians, quiet and secure. There were no rulers in the land who might put them to shame for anything. They were far from the Sidonians, and they had no ties with anyone. Then the spies came back to their brethren at Zorah and Eshtael, and their brethren said to them, What is your report? So they said, Arise, let us go up against them, for we have seen the land, and indeed it is very good. Would you do nothing? Do not hesitate to go and enter to possess the land. When you go, you will come to a secure people and a large land. 
for God has given it into your hands, a place where there is no lack of anything that is on the earth. Now, Laish was in the northern part of Naphtali, which was the northernmost tribe of Israel. Why were they seeking to resettle in an area that belonged to another tribe when God had already allotted the land to them with Joshua after Israel first conquered it? This was just one more way that the people were doing whatever was right in their own eyes rather than seeking the revelation of God. Once dominoes begin to fall, it is very difficult to stop them, and it's nearly impossible to reverse the process. That is the place we find ourselves today. That's why it is called the post-Christian age. Now, is there a way back? I honestly don't know. If there is a way, then it would have to come by genuine and widespread spiritual revival. Revival has been described as the Spirit of God coming upon the people of God through the Word of God. I earnestly pray that God would bring a mighty spiritual revival and stop this downward domino effect. Would you join me? You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we will see where 600 Danites steal Micah's idols, ephod, and priest and set up the carved image in their city. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Judges on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.